Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, everybody. Jacob Sunstra, Managing Editor at FearTheFin.com with Marcus White, Staff Writer at FearTheFin.com. Not .org. Not .net. Not .ca. Not .ca. Uh, all right. We had a... Uh, hey, I'm going to give the date again. We're going to start doing that. It's, uh, I don't know what day it is. December 21st. First, first day of winter. Uh, the winter solstice is upon us. Uh, it is a balmy 40-something degrees in Southern California right now. It's uh, raining, actually, if you can believe it. Oh, God, don't go on the roads. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, as if it would be any better up there. Sharks won last night, a 4-1 win over the Calgary Flurms. Uh, that was uh, fun for all of two periods. The third period... Um, there was hockey that did allegedly happen uh, for all of the, I think here it was only 12,000 butts in the seats that saw it uh, in person at SAP center. 14, <sighs> only 14,000. Well, I for one welcome our San Francisco golden seal overlords in 2018 when they move in with the uh, San Francisco uh, golden warriors. Can't wait. Could see it. That's going to be great. Uh, what did you think about the game last night? Uh, it was a good win. Nice, uh, nice little bounce back for the Sharks from uh, that. You know, the last loss. It um, definitely, definitely helps uh, when you play a team on the second night of a back-to-back, uh, like Calgary was. And uh, you know, it also helps when their coach looks like Gordon Bombay. That's. I just wanted to work that reference in. It had no contextual meaning to the actual loss. Um, yeah, no, they they played really well. I think uh, you know Jonas Donskoy got um, back on the score sheet. Famously, he scored two goals. looked uh, looked pretty good. Um, Timo Meyer continues to look really, really good. He generated some dangerous chances last night. Uh, you know, had a partial breakaway. Probably could have made a move, but he didn't. Um, still generated a scoring chance. Um, he also broke out Pavelski on that partial breakaway. So he's really starting to look impressive um you know it was, a, it was a good game i think jones jones probably wishes he got the shutout but he continues to play extremely well uh for the sharks which is really um you know obviously a very good sign and you know these are the games home game against a division rival you know it's a four-point swing basically where you know if they had lost that game you know calgary makes up some ground on them in the division yes the sharks have games in hand but you want i think they want to have that division lead and you know, they're going to have another opportunity to to pad that lead on on Friday when they host the Edmonton McDavid's. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me was just how thin the Flames are, uh, really, and I think especially how how thin they are defensively. Uh, one thing I noticed the Sharks were doing from an organization standpoint was that when the Flames tried to enter the zone, what they really want to do is uh, have their forwards do all of the work, and you can see as they entered the zone, they really. Uh, had their forwards carrying the zone in. And when the Sharks entered the zone, it seems like a lot of the times they'll have 
kind of the whole line entering at the same time and they'll get the puck back to their defenders and kind of have the defenders cycle the puck back and forth while the forwards enter the zone. Whereas Calgary kind of wants to get the puck in, cycle it back and forth between the forwards and get a quick shot off. And what I thought San Jose was able to do really well was position its forwards uh, down in kind of the center of the ice to take away those, those forward passes. So what you would see is Calgary enters the zone and with a winger holding the puck. And, you know, uh, I saw Mikel Barker do this a couple times where a winger would enter the zone holding the puck. The winger would try to get the puck to the center. And Mikel Barker would take that pass away and then get a, cha- uh, a break going on, going the opposite direction. And I thought that was a really nice job by both the, the coaching staff, which had obviously seen that on film to, to highlight that. And then also by the Sharks forwards to, to play well defensively to kind of, you know, to execute that. And I thought that that really... Uh, stymied what the Flames were trying to do offensively. You know, it's a really fast team. And I think if you can force the Flames to to stop and have to skate backwards, you know, to have to turn around, stop their momentum going forward, to have to turn around and chase you, you really take away a big part of their offensive game. And I think that really put the the, the Flames on their heels and gave the Sharks a big advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I, that's a that's a good observation. I mean, you, you, you think about their defensive group. Yeah, they have Giordano, Brody, and... Um, and um Hamilton but after that it's a pretty steep uh pretty steep drop off. I mean Yuri Yokopaka is a pretty good depth defenseman but you know Dennis Wideman, Derek Angland aren't very good. We had Flames fans tweeting at our account about how they missed uh they missed David Schlemko. Uh you know he had a little cup of coffee with the uh with the Calgary Flames at one point. So yeah no it's uh that's a that's a good observation. Um yeah I think they they they're thin team defensively and I think Calgary is, you know, they're a little bit thin up front. They do have some decent depth pieces, but, um, you know, we were talking about before the show, this is a, I think their, their standings position right now is a little bit of a mirage and a product of, I mean, they've played well lately, but they've also played more games than, you know, every team in the division. And I think that's, you know, that's basically contributed to where they're standing right now. I, I, I don't think they're in a playoff spot right now. I'd have to, I'll pull up the standings uh, very quickly. There, yeah, they're sitting fourth, so that would be a uh, that would be a playoff spot right now. But I just I I mean, you know, the Predators have thir- or have a point less than the Flames, and they have three games in hand. the The Stars have three points less, and they have a game in hand. So I I don't know if this is I don't know if we're going to see a double Alberta Renaissance in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I'd be pretty surprised, to be honest. I just don't think that the Flames have quite enough this year. I wouldn't be surprised if we see if they add a few more pieces next year and don't do anything stupid trade-wise, maybe. Oh, I but, think uh, they're, they're close. They're close, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just... Uh, it's that it's the, the big thing is that don't do anything stupid trade-wise. And with Brian Burke in charge over there, uh, that is always yeah. on the table. It could get... Uh, you know, yeah, it's all... Hey, listen, man, that's a time bomb over there. Uh, it's it, it's just a ma- it's a matter of when, not if. They're a minus twelve in goal differential right now, and they've gotten pretty good goaltending since Chad Johnson has kind of stepped in, which I also think is probably not something that's going to be long for this world, uh, just based on his track record. Mm. Um, you know, I, I I think that they've got some really good pieces, and I think if they make smart decisions based on the good pe- the pieces that they know are good then there'll be a decent team going forward. And so it's just a matter of that. If you look at the Pacific right now, the only two teams with the Sharks plus 11 and the Oilers with a plus eight, the Kings are at zero right now. Every other team is in the negatives. Um, 
And that's just kind of the state of the division right now. It's not a good division anymore. You know, it, it was for a few years, you know, one of the best, well, one of the most, it was one of the best briefly mm-hmm. uh, for maybe a year or two. And then it was top heavy for a couple of years and now it's just garbage. Yeah. And uh, the Western Conference as a whole, I think it's just not very good anymore. You know, the Blackhawks, I don't think are very good. Uh, you know, barring that top line. I mean, I think you even saw that in like the game the Sharks played against the Blackhawks. You know, the Sharks definitely look like a team at the end of a long road trip. Yeah. Uh, that you can tell the Blackhawks aren't good anymore because they have to play Taze and Kane together. Uh, yeah. If you have to play Taze and Kane together, you're not a good hockey team anymore. Yeah. And yeah. that's just a fact, in my opinion. You know, that's, that is proof that they're not a Stanley Cup team anymore. They're, I mean, when they, get, uh, when they get Anisimov back, that'll help offset that. But yeah, it, right. I agree. Their their depth is not the same as it was pre, is has it's been uh, in previous years. Yeah, and that's really what's yeah, that that's what you need in order to be able to to be a, a Stanley Cup winning team, in my opinion. In the just in the salary cap era, yeah. Um, you know, I just don't see them. You know, going through that uh, playoff gauntlet. You know, unless uh, Corey Crawford keeps up this ridiculous pace, and it's, it's what they've done so well at all their other you know rebuilds on the fly. They've always had pieces ready that have taken that step and been you know have assimilated in NHL duty very very quickly. Um, you know, Stan Bowman's always active at the trade deadline, and I would I'd expect him to be this year. They have a lot of young players in their lineup, so some of them start to you know it, it seems like they're playing better. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't think they were play they were that great against San Jose on, uh, on Sunday. I think they've, you know, now that Crawford's down, they've got Scott Darling picking up right where he left off. So they've been getting great goaltending this year. And, you know, if that starts to slip, then I, it could be a rough, uh, rough little stretch for Chicago. And yeah, I, I mean, I don't expect them to go very deep in the postseason. I just think there are teams, well, you know, you know, I think the, the weakness of the West certainly helps them. And I think the other thing too is that a lot of those guys that I thought might be pieces that would help them once this salary cap crunch hit them are guys that have been victims of that crunch. Um, you yeah, know, the the Tara Vinans of the world, the yes. Brandon Sods of the world. Those are yeah. guys that I thought those are the guys that are going to help them, and those guys are gone now. Yeah, you know, it's not to say that they they've done a good job, good enough job drafting that they have some help. And I'm not familiar enough with a lot of these young guys to say for sure that they have, you know, no chance or no, no hope coming right. up in the lineup. And, and Chicago fans will be quick to, to point out that they have a young lineup, but that young lineup has put up uh, good, good Corsi numbers, but terrible Fenwick numbers. And, you know, as someone who's a much bigger, you know, Fenwick guy than I've ever been a Corsi guy, mm-hmm. um, because I think block shots matter. Uh, you know, I'm skeptical that that's going to really bode well for them. Uh, over the long term, especially in the Western Conference, when they have to play a team like the Blues that that beat them last year, and I think the the Blues are are every bit as good this year as they were last year. Uh, and I think that's the team that they'll probably have to play in the playoffs this year, just the way that the kind of the season is going so far. So um, I think the playoffs are going to be interesting this year for sure, especially if some of these numbers start to kind of coalesce as the as the season goes on. So a lot of it kind of depends on their goaltending, though, for sure. Yeah, uh, but back to the Pacific. The Sharks, like we said, play Edmonton. Uh, I believe this is for the first time on a, on Friday. Yes, uh, which is kind of how it was last season. The Sharks. It took a really, really, really long time for them to play Edmonton for the first time last season. Uh, Ed McDavid very often either because they didn't. You know, he was hurt uh, the first two or three times. I think they only played him once or twice last season. Um, 
it should be kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, more because of the Milan Lucic factor than because of the McDavid factor. Um, you know, that that's a guy that when he was with LA, and it doesn't really matter who he's with, it's just, you know, um, uh, human excrement. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it's, the, it's the kind, it, he's, he's garbage. Um, and so it'll be kind of interesting to see how, how, how those line, the line matching goes there. The Sharks will have last change, and I'm curious to see who they try to put up against the McDavid line. I assume that they'll put the top line out against him because, uh, you know, you would usually think, oh, you don't necessarily want, you know, the speed of McDavid against the, the, the Pavelski line, but, you know, you got Lucic out there who's not that fast, and I kind of don't mind putting the physicality of, like, Joe Thornton out there against Lucic. I actually kind of like that. Yeah, he uh, McDavid played two games against the Sharks last year. Uh, he played one in San Jose. He had an assist in those two games. Um, yeah, I, I'm curious about the line matching too. Um, you know, I, yeah, I think with Lucic on, it ha- so Lucic has been playing on McDavid's line. He still so is- they yeah they did a, a graphic for uh, in a game I was watching the other day, and they've really had a hard time finding a third line mate with McDavid. But the constant has basically been that they wanted to play Lucic with him because, you know, the idea being that Lucic is his... Um, Protector or whatever. Right, his yeah, like, I, uh, I, like, I, yeah, it's like The Last I, of Us, but imagine that they put, like, a third person with right. Ellie and right. the dude. Yeah, I, I think um, it's... A, it's Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what DeBoer does. You know, DeBoer's not generally a fan of uh, line matching. He kind of just rolls his guys... Anybody with anybody and anybody <laughs> play against anybody, you bunch um, of baby. <laughs> I've never seen him take a puff from a cigarette a post-game press conference. He, he looks like he's he, he smoked a cigarette before. Look um, at that goatee. He he does he's got a great goatee. Um No he doesn't. There, well, first of all, contradiction in terms. <laughs> that's that's the joke. Um yeah, no, he's it's gonna be interesting. Don't Simpsons me. <laughs> He could, um, because I would think even with Lucic, I mean, McDavid is just such a dangerous, fast player. Uh, the way the second line is constructed, I would even think that, I mean, that's, and it is still a big ask from LeBanc, but I would think you'd want the Couture line out against him with, um, I don't, you, you wouldn't. Interesting. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't want Milan Lucic near Logan Couture or Kevin LeBanc. That's true. Yeah. That's really my concern. Control, just troll. Um, yeah, and I, I, and I feel like that's correct, and I feel like that's a concern. Like I, I would be worried about LeBanc getting injured. Yeah, that's, like, that's fair. Where I feel like you know nothing's going to happen to Joe Thornton. Uh, I'd be more worried about Milan Lucic getting the shit kicked out of him. Lucic than, uh, is going to take a run at at Thornton, Pavelski, and nope. uh, or Marlowe. And I think I think you have enough. You have some speed on that line to count. I mean, I don't think. Marlowe has the same transition capabilities that McDavid does, but you know, in theory, the speed would match well. And, but and if you I think, put those guys out there with Martin and Vlasic, and you're good to go. Right. Yeah. No. And I think I think you're going to see. Um, did you say Martin and Vlasic? Uh, sorry, uh, Braun and Vlasic. Yeah. Sorry. No. And I, I think right, right. Gonna, McDavid's going to. He will match. DeBoer won't match. Yeah, his but he, he'll, he'll match. match he'll match pairings. pairings. Yeah, exactly. And Vlasic is going to see a heavy dose of Connor McDavid. Um, right. I'd be I'd be interested to see if Burns sees any time against him too because I think the you know the speed Burns Burns is the best skating defenseman that the Sharks have and you know with 
with McDavid so dynamic in transition. Um, yeah, I think I think the Thornton line though. I think you you make some good points. I think that's the best matchup. Um, but I think you're probably going to see you know you're going to see a few of the lines against uh, against McDavid. I'm excited for that game. I think it's going to be uh, you know he's he's a, we haven't really seen him come to San Jose at all. He came once last year, but now it's like okay, he's starting to he's he's kind of made that leap this season um, with how well he's played, and we haven't seen him since he's made that leap um you know it's it's a it's annoying that he's in the division and that he's going to be in the division for the next um however many years but considering how poorly edmonton's assembled the roster around him i don't know if that's uh if that's too concerning um still don't think they should have traded taylor hall that's just my that's my that's my i mean if you want it you want it you want another winger for connor mcdavid like taylor hall could have been a good choice yeah, exactly. You know, he might not have been a right winger, but then you could have played Hall with McDavid and Eberle. Uh, but they really wanted they really wanted Milan Lucic, um, and good for them. Got Taylor Hall out of the division. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see that the tac- the tactics that DeBoer chooses to employ. Um, I mean, the the last time we saw a player really of of that McDavid caliber, the Sharks lost five to nothing when Sidney Crosby scored two goals. Uh, without really shooting on net. So uh, the, the Oilers are not as good as the Penguins, that's for sure. But uh, the Sharks will definitely have their hands full with um, the 2015 first overall pick. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, too, to remember when we're talking about line matchups is that uh, the board doesn't generally – he doesn't line match, but he will try to deploy the top line in the offensive zone as much as possible. And yes. that goes for Burns as well. Um, so that would be my thing is that he and I don't know how McClellan is deploying McDavid, but I would bet you that he gets a lot of offensive zone starts. I guess is that he's willing to play him anywhere. Not that he's like sheltering him yeah. or anything, but just because he's so good that, you know, you want him to get a lot of offensive zone time is all I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, I didn't really shelter the top lines, did he? he they got no, it. No. No, healthy, um, healthy dose here. I can, if I can remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, because I think he actually used the Pavelski line as more of a scoring line as the when Pavelski was the third line center, right? In the year yeah. that he they did that, right? And I, yeah. I think Depor kind of does that a little bit sneakily too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think that that's not an uncommon trick in the NHLs to kind of sneak out your third line as that, and you use your excuse me, your second line is your shutdown line at times. I, I think that that's not totally uncommon. Uh-huh. So, so yeah, I, I think that will be interesting. That's going to be fun. And it's kind of, it'll be fun to see some of the, see Tom McClellan back, back at SAP center. That, that's always kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, what, yeah, I mean, the most successful, uh, you know, see what happens. Yeah. I mean, it's the most successful, uh, Sharks coach of all time. So, and yeah. uh, a coach that comes back and hasn't been more successful after he left San Jose. That's, <laughs> that's nice. So, uh, <clears throat> he, he sh- who shall not be named. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yep. And that's, that was who I was thinking of. Thank you, Marcus. Yeah, no problem. <sighs> yep. Uh, so then after Friday, the Sharks will head to Anaheim the Tuesday following. So kind of a nice break period for the Sharks. Uh, so let's talk about juniors, which start on Monday. Uh, Monday? Am I crazy? 
No. Yes, Monday, Boxing Day. Monday. Right. The Sharks are going to have, it sounds like, just one player because they only have uh, three players, I believe, eligible and only one that sounds like it's going to be on a roster. Um, and I apologize if I am butchering this poor boy's name. Uh, it's, uh, I believe it's Carlis is the first name, and I believe it's, uh, I think it's Cooksey, um, I believe it is. So uh, let's see, it's spelled C-U-K-S-T-E. He's a Latvian, uh, was born in Riga. Uh, went to high school, though, at uh, West Aurora in Illinois. Uh, he's actually at uh, Knipiak right now, a freshman defender, drafted in the fifth round of the 2015 draft. Uh, so he's got, oh, I just had his point total up here just a second ago. Give me one second. He's got nine points right now in uh, 19 games, which isn't terrible for a defender. Um, so he's playing in the United States, uh, group. That's going to be the tournament this year is in Canada, which is nice. Cause that means that the games will actually be on at times that we can watch them. Because last year they were on at you know the crack of dawn, and I did not yeah. watch much of any of them live, certainly. And uh, so, there you go. First so game we'll, we'll have against uh, TBUSA too, and that'll be broadcast on uh, NHL Network, which is great for all fifteen of us to get the channel. So uh, I'm not saying that there are ways to stream that illicitly on the internet, but I'm sure that there are, and I'm sure that you can find the way. Uh, not through our website, but through other websites. We don't condone it, though. Nope. Nope. And I certainly won't be doing that. Mm-mm. No. No way. That is wrong. Yep. Stealing. Uh, Marcus, are you excited? Do you watch this tournament usually? You know, it, it depends. I mean, I'll, I'll sometimes watch the big games. I think the last one I really watched was when, you know, John Carlson scored that no-look uh overtime game winner when he he didn't look at the net and we beat Canada. Um, I'm certainly more interested when there are Sharks prospects playing. Uh, I didn't watch in 2015 when Mueller played. I think Meyer played in a World Junior. um, Last year? Last year. I didn't watch last year. um, But I'm I'm honestly, I think I'm a little more excited to watch now that it's kind of, we kind of have a more obscure prospect. Yeah, uh, that we're not getting for. a chance to see. Yeah, although uh, maybe we should be watching a little more of this uh, of this guy since he's playing for a big time college. I mean, they're on uh, ESPN yeah. three all the time, so yeah, maybe, he, yeah, we should have we could get some chances there, and I, I'll probably start trying to watch him more. Um, you know, he didn't make our top twenty five under twenty five. He's a fifth right. round pick from a year ago in twenty fifteen. Um, excited to. I mean, he's you know Latvia historically they don't typically send great teams to the World Juniors, so he's gonna be in a bit of a sink or swim situation. Um, you know, he's in a, he's in a very good group. Uh, so he's, he, we're going to see him against the U S we're going to see him against Russia. Uh, we're not going to get a whole lot of chances to see him is really the thing. So take, yeah. take advantage of the few games he's going to play. Cause this is going to yeah, be, exactly. he's not getting out of the group stage and he's going to, they're going to play Canada too. So we're going to get a chance to see him against very good competition yep. in his peer group. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a good, that's a good, always a good evaluator. Uh, I'm sh- it's always, it's always nice when the sharks have somebody there. I think a lot of their prospects, uh, have probably aged out of, of playing in the world years. Like you said, we don't, yep. I mean, it's team. Timo's even too old, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or wait, oh, yeah. no, he, cause he could have been an overager in junior this year. I think. Isn't he born in like 95? 
Am I wrong? But he's only he's only twenty, I think. No, he's born in '96, so he's too old. Okay, I thought he. I thought he. Because he's an overager. He still could be an overager in junior, so I thought he would. Yeah, you have to be born in '97 or later. Oh really? Yeah, feel so old. Um, You are old. Yeah, you're ancient. Thank you. Um, So yeah, I know it's gonna be gonna be very interesting to see. I'm excited. I'm excited. I have not watched him play at all. Uh, Me neither. So I'm excited to watch him for the first time. Um, you know, and then you know the World Junior is usually a good, usually a good tournament. I don't know what to expect. I know Canada's won the last couple, and I'm, I'm sure they're expecting to win again. But it's, it's always fun when they don't. I, that's what I really enjoy: the meltdowns and the the takes that flow after Canada doesn't win a World Junior are always very react overreactionary and I'm I'm kind of hoping for that again. I think it's a fun tournament because it's generally uh, a more even mixture of talent because yeah. I, I think it's just it makes you know I've always feel like like the World Cups and uh, the Olympics aren't really f- a fun tournament they're pretty boring because there's usually one or two teams that are good and uh, the gaps between the teams are pretty big it's just it's not fun. Whereas World Juniors, even if there's a teams that are definitely better in talent wise, the gaps are much smaller, so the games are a lot more competitive. Well, and they're all so young that like anything, you know, it's like why in March Madness in college basketball, like so much crazy stuff happens because you know these, a lot of these one-off situations when you have, you know, eighteen to in this case you're going to have you know seventeen to twenty-year-olds, like or you know pretty much that's a recipe for for upsets. It's a recipe for. Uh, excitement so yeah it's, it's, i agree i think that's a good point about the even distribution of talent right absolutely uh all right and then uh let's uh let's let's briefly also uh talk about um joel ward got scratched for the second time last night yeah uh, david Schlumko also got scratched although i think we should only briefly mention that because i think there's a chance that that had something to do with perhaps a nagging injury um, that's kind of the, the feeling I got from reading Twitter and, uh, front of the blog, Kevin Kurtz didn't exactly call it a healthy scratch. So that's, I'm speculating a little bit, but I'm, I'm not, don't have the confidence to call that a healthy scratch. So an eye on that one and won't say any more on that quite yet, but Joe Ward was absolutely a healthy scratch. So what are you, what do you, what do you, what do you think about that? That's two healthy scratches in three games. Um, very surprising, I think, to see it happen again. Um, I thought he played well in Chicago, and even DeBoer mentioned that he played well in Chicago. I think you made a good point that when Ward's not scoring, they seem to prefer uh, the look Haley brings on the fourth line. Um, that just that just seems to be their preference. It seems odd to have scratched him again and kind of sent that message. Um I mean, I, th- I think it, you know, it's just, it's just a, but I think it's also a matter of different expectations. They, they have different expectations for, um, for Michael Haley that they do for Joel Ward. Uh, simply, that's just simply, that's just how it is, uh, as simply as possible. Uh, I was, I was very surprised to see him not play, um, even with the reduced expectations, because I think, you know, yes, you know, maybe the money is a little too much, but, if Joel Ward is playing on your fourth line, your roster's in pretty good shape, even with Joel Ward's struggles to score this year. I think he's still played well. Um, you know, he's not getting as much power play time as he did last year. In last year, he was on a bit of a hot streak. Now he's 
you know, the opposite. He's on a bit of a cold streak. So I was definitely surprised to see him scratched. Um, I won. I, I got to think he's probably going to play uh, Friday against Edmonton. Although I, I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't because the Sharks won and DeBoer typically likes to keep the same uh, lineups, but I, it, you know, it's a situation where you hope that it's, you know, it, it's not a, and then, you know, these guys have supreme confidence, but you hope it's, and even a guy at Ward's age, I don't think it would be, but you hope it's not a confidence killer, so to speak, you know, when he comes back in the lineup that he's going to try and do too much or that he, you know, he wants to impress the coaching staff. Cause you know, this is a situation I don't think Ward's really been in since the beginning of his NHL career. Um, and he can certainly draw on that and he can draw on his experience, you know, as a, guy from a non-traditional background. I mean, he's one of the few guys in the NHL who played hockey, Canadian college hockey, not college hockey in the U S played college hockey in Canada and he made it to the NHL. Um, so I, yeah, I was surprised. Um, I don't think long-term that's a smart decision. It worked last night. I think Haley played okay, but you know, like I said, I think the fourth line is just, it's much better and your depth much better if Joel Ward's playing on your fourth line. Um, than if uh, Michael Haley's playing on your fourth line. But, you know, I also think DeBoer's hand's been forced a little bit with the uh, emergence of Meyer and LeBanc. Uh, I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't think he's not pushed out of the lineup without both of those guys up here. So, you know, you, you, you hope to see the healthy scratch end, but, you know, the, the Sharks did win in his absence last night, I just think, I don't think it's a very sustainable uh, approach to their lineup. Certainly not one I'd want to see. I certainly wouldn't want to see that decision made in a postseason game and see Joel Ward scratched for Michael Haley. Uh, yeah. So what, I mean, can this become long-term? The Sharks owe him another $3 million next year. Yeah. I mean, that's, that to me is a contract that's not movable. Um, yeah, no, I agree. They Unless can only bury nine hundred fifty thousand of it if you if you waive him. Yeah. Um, yeah. They can't afford to eat that salary. I mean, I just don't see what the they don't really have an option other than to healthy scratch. I, I just don't. I just don't see what the long term plan is here if they're going to keep scratching him every night. Um, yeah. And I, I think basically the the gist of it is is that yeah they feel like. They are not scratching Joe Ward for Michael Haley. They're they're scratching Joe Ward for Timo Meyer. That's that's basically what's happening. They feel like Michael Haley is spot than than Joe Ward. Is basically the way I understand it. Um, and they feel like Michael Haley is bringing a, a different game than than Joe Ward is. That that to me is the way I understand it. And I would like to see that that question posed to DeBoer straight up. Um, to have that confirmed, but that seems to be what's happening. Um, I think that that's a pretty colossal mistake. Um, whether that whether that assumption is true or not true, and I think it's a mistake the Sharks can't afford to make, both financially and from a hockey standpoint. Um, and I just don't really see where they go from here if that's one they're going to make on a consistent basis. I also don't know what it. You know, I, I try not to get into the kind of psychology, armchair psychologist perspective here, but what, what that says to the rest of the guys in the dressing room, you know what, I, I think that so much of this, uh, you know, the, the 
traditional dialogue that surrounds this kind of stuff is, you know, oh, he's only got two goals, you know, guy's got to be accountable, whatever. Michael Haley does, hasn't scored this year. He's yeah, got, and, that, and that's the thing. He's got three I NHL don't... goals in his career. Yeah. I, I, don't, under, I don't understand. I, I just don't understand what he has done this year that's more than what Joe Ward has done this year. Yeah, I don't think Haley's been bad. I think he's, he's even surpassed my expectations a little bit. I think, you know, it's, I think it's – it's a little, it a little bit goes to some, you know, maybe, maybe some, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying this is a negative, but maybe some, you know, talking out of the side of the mouth a little bit. I think they still want the physicality of a fourth line and they, they want that sort of traditional look to a fourth line. I think you jokingly tweeted that they're just deathly against rolling four scoring lines at this point. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, because objectively, if, if Ward's not scoring enough, then, you know, Michael Haley isn't either, you know, and he hasn't necessarily been asked about it, but if you're saying Ward's not scoring enough and Haley's still in the lineup, then you just have different expectations for Michael Haley than you do Joel Ward. That's okay. They're different players, but it's, it's hard to hard to then use that as a justification to keep Ward out of the lineup when you're carrying 14 forwards. Right. Yep. So I mean, it's the same. The same logic applies for Matt Nieto. Obviously, it doesn't make yes. any sense there either. And it makes even less sense though for Joe Ward because Joe Ward's a more physical player than Matt Nieto. Yeah, and Joe I Ward think Joe, dudes. I think Joe uh, Ward is a better player than Matt Nieto. Oh, absolutely, without question, he's a better player. Yeah, yeah, I have no doubt in my mind. Yeah, and so, and from a money perspective, Joe Ward's getting paid more than Matt Nieto. You can send Matt Nieto down. Yeah, without a problem, really. I mean, you know, you you get rid of most of his cap hit. Yeah. So I, I really don't I don't know if there's some kind of behind the scenes type thing that's happening here where they're having a problem that they feel like they need to address. But um, I feel like somebody's gotta gotta ask Pete DeBoer what the deal is because this, you know, from what we can see from our perspective, it seems like an indefensible decision. And so I think Pete DeBoer sh- should be at least given the opportunity to to defend it. Um, yeah. You know, it, I. Because I, I certainly can't explain it, even from, you know, just trying to get, you know, in, trying to put myself into his position and try to give him a, a fair shake. Ward has a modified no trade. Um, he's making three point two seven five this year and next year. That's going to be that will be a, you know I think that'd be a hard contract to move. That's, that's um, unmovable. And I think we're I think we're maybe getting a little too far ahead of ourselves too. It has only been two games. Um, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta worry about the. You know, you have to worry about the possibilities. I just, I'm, I'm saying I'm getting too far ahead by listing that he has a modified no trade. I'm not trying to imply that he's going to demand a trade. I'm just saying that his contract at 36 years old, with a year left on it, and with a modified no trade, would be hard to move if the Sharks wanted to move it. Yep, I'd say nearly and think, impossible. And but frankly, if, I think if, if you're Joel, to move it. right, but if you're Joel Ward, I mean, at this point, uh, I mean. You wouldn't blame him for asking for one. Oh, if it, if it becomes extended, I wouldn't blame him at all. Yeah, and he's got every right to ask for one at this point. You know, it's, it's not it's not like the it, and I mean even from like the you know old rules of hockey, it's got every right. It's not like Dylan DeMello where he's got no uh, yeah you know whatever doesn't he's got have no that. Cachet. right exactly. Joe Ward, dude, Joe Ward, you know, earned his way here. You know, like you like you said before. Joe Ward has every right to walk into Doug Wilson's office and be like, "All right, listen, if I'm not gonna play, going to play, you know, yeah, you're yeah. you're going to trade me. All right, that that this is what's happening. All right, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, 
yeah, I'll probably write something about this today just to kind of, you know, lay out the, you know, what the situation is and, and kind of see if we can get some, 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 hopefully we'll get some more perspective on this uh, on Friday uh, yeah. when the Sharks host the Oilers. And uh, yeah, all right. So I guess that's pretty much, that's pretty much it for now. Uh, we'll do another one of these at, you know, some point over the next week and a half or so, because it's going to yep. be a little bit slow. Uh, until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Fear the Fin, Marcus on Twitter at Marcus P. White. Yep. I'm on Twitter at Jake Sundstrom. And uh, I think that's pretty much it. Hey, we got our tickets just recently for uh, Fear the Fin Night. You can uh, get yours. That uh, post is like tagged or linked or whatever on our sites at fearthefin.com. It's on the like, bottom right corner of the front page. Uh, so it'd be cool. You should go, it'll be fun. Uh, is that it? I think that's it. Okay. If you, uh, are watching this on YouTube, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. If you prefer, you do you. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye guys. Goodbye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.